Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Morons, the podcast where we talk about logical and math problems and decisions in movies. In this episode, I'm going to be breaking down the logical and illogical decisions made in the movie The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride is a wonderful movie about fencing, fighting, torture, poison, true love, hate, revenge, giants, bad men, good men, beautifulest ladies, death, chases, escapes, and miracles. The movie is one of my personal favorite movies. It's directed by Rob Reiner, based on the book by William Goldman, who, interestingly interestingly enough, also wrote the screenplay. It follows two characters, Wesley and Buttercup, played by Carrie Elwes and Robin Wright, in Wesley's quest to win back his true love Buttercup. At the beginning of the film, we are told that Wesley is killed by the dread pirate Roberts while on a ship. When Buttercup hears the news, she becomes extremely depressed and vows to never love again. Flash forward a few years and Buttercup is engaged to be married to the prince of the kingdom of Florin, Prince Humperdinck, even though she does not love him. In come three characters, Vecini, Indigo, and Fezzik. The, do- the job of this trio is to kidnap Buttercup and take her to the kingdom of Gilder, where they will kill her. The trio would be successful if it weren't for a man in a mask chasing them. This man in the mask is later revealed to be our hero, Wesley. In chasing down Buttercup's captures, he beats the master swordsman Indigo in swordplay, he beats the giant Fezzik in hand-to-hand combat, and finally he comes to Vecini, the Sicilian. This is where the topic of this episode comes in. When Wesley catches up to Vecini, Vecini threatens to kill Buttercup if Wesley comes any closer. Wesley proposes a battle of wits against Vecini, who claims to be a genius. This is the game. There are two goblets of wine, one for Vecini, one for Wesley. Wesley then takes the goblets, then tells Vecini that he will put a poison in one of the goblets. This poison is the infamous Iocane. It is colorless and odorless, so Vecini can't identify which goblet has the poison in it just by looking or smelling it. Wesley puts the poison in the goblet without Vecini seeing which one has the poison. Then Wesley puts one goblet in front of himself and the other in front of Vecini. That's the game. Vecini will choose which goblet to drink out of, Wesley will drink out of the other, one of them will win, and the other will die. Let's break down the game and the most logical approach. Now this game can be modeled using a concept of economics called game theory, which models how the decisions of multiple players will impact the outcomes and payoffs of those different players. We model these decisions with something called a payoff matrix. This is just a table where the rows are the possible decisions of the first player, the columns are the possible decisions of the second player, and the contents of the boxes are the payoffs for each player based on the decisions of the corresponding row and column. In game theory, there are certain types of strategies. The ones we will focus on are dominant, weakly dominant, and mixed strategies. A dominant strategy is one for a player where one decision always has a better payoff for the other player, no matter what the other player does. These strategies are easy to work with and really nice for players because it means you don't have to worry about what the other player does. A weakly dominant strategy is one where a certain decision either has a better payoff than the other decisions or the same payoff but still the player has no incentive to switch their decision because they would either get the same payoff or a worse payoff. When dominant and weakly dominant strategies exist, there is a clear result of the game because that player will always play their dominating strategy or weakly dominating strategy, and the other player or players will play their best option for that strategy. The result is what's called a Nash equilibrium. 
the result of a game where every player is playing the best option for them and no player has an incentive to switch their strategy because their payoffs will be less if they do. The last type of strategy we will be talking about is called a mixed strategy, and this is what is relevant for the Princess Bride game. This occurs when there are no dominant or weakly dominant strategies. The most common example for this is the game Rock, Paper, Scissors, which I'm sure many of you have played. In this game, there are no dominant strategies because every decision can be beaten by another and every decision can beat another. If someone were to think there was a dominant strategy, such as believing Rock would always win, then that player would be easy to defeat by playing only Paper. The only way for both players to have a strategy that can't be dominated is for each one to mix their strategies with a probability of one-third for each option. Essentially what this means is that each player has an equal probability of playing rock, of playing scissors, and of playing paper. One-third of the time you'll play rock, one-third of the time you'll play paper, one-third of the time you'll play scissors. If, for example, I were to say a probability of one-half for two options, that means one half of the time they'll play one, one half of the time they'll play another. However, I were to say that somebody plays the game Rock, Paper, Scissors with a probability of one half, one quarter, and one quarter, that would mean they'd play Rock a half of the time, Scissors a quarter of the time, and Paper a quarter of the time. Now that we have some background, let's apply these concepts to Wesley and Vicini's game. Start by making a payoff matrix of two rows and two columns, with Vecini's decision being the rows and Wesley's being the columns. For Wesley, his options are to place the poison in goblet 1 or goblet 2. So we can assign goblet 1 to the left column and goblet 2 to the right column. Then Vecini can drink from goblet 1 or goblet 2. We will assign goblet 1 to the top row and goblet 2 to the bottom row. If we assign winning a payoff of 1 and losing a payoff of negative 1, and assign the payoffs to the appropriate players in their appropriate squares, a similar situation to Rock, Paper, Scissors occurs. However, unlike Rock, Paper, Scissors, this game has no ties. Either a player wins, or they die. Because of this, the optimal strategy is to mix strategies with a probability of 1 half for each option, meaning half of the time a player will drink from or put the poison in goblet 1, and the other half they will put the poison in or drink from goblet 2. This would be the optimal strategy for both players if they both played with one half probability for each option. However, if for example Wesley were to play with a three quarters probability that he would put the poison in goblet 1, then Vecini should always drink from goblet 2 to maximize his odds of winning. Now that we completely understand how the game should be played, let's talk about what happens in the film. In the film, Vecini seems to overanalyze the game by trying to figure out if Wesley is the type of person to put the poison in his own goblet or the goblet closest to Vecini. He uses ridiculous logic such as Iocane comes from Australia, as everyone knows, and Australia is entirely peopled with criminals, and criminals are used to having people not trust them, as you are not trusted by me, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. While this seems futile, if Wesley randomly put the poison in a goblet, with probability of one half for each, if there is even a slight deviation from total randomness of the placement of the poison, Vecini will have a dominant strategy by choosing the goblet to which there is a smaller probability that Wesley would put the poison into. Therefore, Vecini is actually playing very intelligently. 
He is trying to find the true probability that Wesley puts the poison in Goblet 1 or Goblet 2 to maximize his odds of winning. By playing the game how Vecini believes it is set up, Vecini is playing the game quite logically. So for my final verdict, Vecini is not a movie moron for his strategy of the game. Vecini would have been a true genius of this game if Wesley had not poisoned both goblets as he had built up an immunity to the poison. Cheating the game, but winning Buttercup. Thank you so much for listening, and be sure to tune in next episode. This has been Movie Morons.